This is CliffCentral.com. Okay, it's time to chat to somebody who I, I often like to uh, discuss political and, and current affairs issues with. Somebody who I've been uh, trying to get on the show for a long time, but he refuses to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I have, however, managed to track him down, and he has lots to say about coronavirus and the responses to it, and also some of the crazy things that are going on around us as a result of all this madness that's happened in the world. Uh, the Chinese, we're going to talk a little bit about that and many other things. Tat Wolfen joins me. He is a journalist, a broadcaster, and a social commentator. He's also done uh, lots of movie and theater reviews of renown, and he's a fervent believer in cats, free speech, and honest, rational discourse, which are all rare things to find in one person. So, Tat, first of all, how are you? That is such a great intro. Can we just leave it there and I'll go home? Well, actually, I am home, I guess. But that's <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm good yourself. Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I've been following you on on social media for a long time, and I sometimes dip into the conversations that you start on on Facebook. And my God, there are some very, very dangerous people in the world, and some people are just completely intolerant of any opinions that don't fit perfectly into theirs. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's their way or the highway. Um, and it's uh, it's unfortunately a characteristic of the left. Um, you know, um, people can say what they want to, but if you look at uh, American universities, right, uh, whenever a conservative speaker or libertarian wants to speak at the university, what happens? Pandemonium. Uh, students are threatened. Student, students are pepper sprayed. They're assaulted. Buildings are set fire to. Um, and then universities have the excuse. They say, oh, no, we can't allow Milo Yiannopoulos, for example, to speak here because we have to spend too much money on security. So because the left is raising all this shit, mm. then we have to spend money on security. I mean, so, so, so what's the logic? So that gives them the out. That gives them the excuse to ban conservative and or libertarian speakers from speaking on campus. And that's what the left wants. You know the, the, the sorry. Yeah, no, well, I can see you want I mean, to say no, something. no, no. Well, yeah. What what has happened obviously in the last little while is that a lot of those people and their and their issues or non-issues as they may be have been mm -hmm. pushed on the back burner because of the coronavirus and everything that that's done. Yeah. The fact that it's brought into real stock contrast and and reality. Um, some of the more important and pressing questions about people having money to be able to feed their children, being able to employ, have themselves employed somewhere. I mean, all of this stuff seems to put like transgender issues right at the back of the queue. <laughs> just, just, for, just for the moment, yeah. Um, I find it, I find it very interesting, you know, that the uh, and if you if we're going to look specifically at South Africa, which is obviously where we find ourselves, um, that those people who can initially at least afford the luxury of a lockdown. Are, are supporting the lockdown. So you've got all your comfortable northern suburbs saying, yes, it's the thing we ought to do, you know. Mm. Uh, we support the lockdown because they they have enough cash in the bank that they can buy food and whatever it is that they need um, during the lockdown period. They have Netflix to keep themselves entertained. Yeah. They have the internet, um, you know, So and they have – they have houses to live in. Don't tell me that being stuck in a northern suburbs house, even if it's one of these relatively small townhouses, don't tell me that it's torture because yeah. I don't believe it. You know, I'm living in a townhouse here, a two-bedroom townhouse, 
surrounded by my books, by CDs, by DVDs, by the internet, by Netflix, by, mm -hmm. you know, don't tell me that it's torture. No, it's not. Because and, I, and it's funny, yeah, those, those like, are the same people who are complaining uh, about, you know, frozen food at Woolworths now not being allowed and that kind of thing, which obviously is an imposition of some kind because we know that governments get carried away, and especially our government who've got a tyrannical bent at the best of times, now at the worst of times is seeing an opportunity <laughs> to, to turn the screws on, on their real enemies who are those you know, northern suburbs dwelling people who probably vote DA. But before we go down any of those obvious paths, I've heard lots of people who are suddenly heralding Cyril Ramaphosa as this hero, and he's such a great leader, and everything he's done is so great, and thank God for Cyril, and it would have been so much yeah. worse if it was Jacob Zuma. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Okay, all right. Before, j Just before we even get into Ramaphosa, I want to just go back to that food thing quickly. Um, and that is that... Uh, the the government came down again recently and said, no, 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 you aren't even allowed to sell hot chicken or pies, right? Yeah. Now, me, never mind the middle, the, the middle classes, many uh, working class to poor people in South Africa don't have cooking facilities at home, right? They barely have homes. Yeah. And a lot of these people will buy a, a Cornish pasty or a pie or whatever it is. That is their nutrition for the day. Right. So, you know, the government is actually targeting the poorest of the poor by banning things like pies that people can buy from garages or supermarkets. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that quickly. But let's. Um, yeah, they think return. they think, of course, yeah. that they're punishing a certain group of people, but they end up punishing everyone. And then, if you believe in 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 the knock-on effects of what unemployment will do, the people who will end up suffering the most are going to be those those poor people who were just clinging to a job, which was. Hardly helping them to to yeah. live, but just scratch through a living. Yeah, I think what people, and specifically the left, don't realize is that everything is knock on. Everything touches everything else. So w when they say, for example, "Oh, don't give the wealthy a tax break," you know what? If you give the wealthy a tax break, you're allowing them to invest more, to create more businesses. In other words, to create more jobs. When when in the when in the United States the the so-called only the corporates, which wasn't true, but the, the, the narrative was that only the corporates, corporates were give, being given a tax break. Well, guess what? People were getting bonuses. People were getting employed. People, you know, were the, the working class people were benefiting. Everything touches on everyone else and everything else. But to, yeah, to come back to this business of the of the of the president of South Africa, right? Um, these same people, these same comfortable middle-class matrons who are now hailing Ramaphosa as the new Jesus, mm. a couple of months ago were saying, look at these assholes in government. They can't even run a, the basics of a country. We, we don't get regular electricity. We don't get regular water supply. They're not fit to run a piss up in a brewery. Mm -hmm. These very same people are now hailing him as the new messiah. But what does it what does it tell you about them? <laughs> it it depresses me, Gareth. It depresses me because these are supposedly educated people. I can understand how governments can lead uneducated people because you lead them with emotions, you know. So in this country, for example, you tell them that 
the only reason that you're starving is not because we're a useless and corrupt government, but it's because of those white people. The the the, the uh, what, what's that lovely expression they use? Uh, white monopoly, monopoly capital. Yeah. We, yes, white. Yeah, monopoly capital, and that's why you're starving, not because we're inept and corrupt. Okay, so I can understand how you can lead um, uneducated people. You know, by their emotional noses. But we're talking about educated people. These very same people now who are hailing the lockdown as a solution to all the world's problems, these are the people who will sit down and, and watch a movie on, on Netflix or whatever. They'll watch a movie about the Nazis and, and, or, or about Eastern Germany where people were encouraged to spy on their neighbors, and they'll be all horrified. Oh, oh what awful people. They reported that Jew who was hiding in the house next door. What terrible people they are, you know. And these same people now are hiding behind their curtains, yeah. you know, the curtain twitches as they call them in the UK. And the moment the woman next door dares to walk her dog surrounded by meters of bugger all, nobody and nothing around her, she dares to walk her poor dog, great Dane that needs a good damn walk, you know, but they're just waiting to pounce yeah. to report her. And they don't see the irony and the hypocrisy in their behavior. And, no. and this is what really depresses me. It's educated people, people who know about the Stasi, <laughs> people who know about Nazism. <laughs> so, all right, let's look at how, how this lockdown is going because there are so yeah. many opinions online, and I'm sure you're reading as many as I am, and a lot of it is very oh. confusing. There are people who are saying that, that the, the overall lockdown idea is a terrible idea for South Africa because you can't lock down places like the townships. And the people who are most at and risk… And the informal settlements. Right. The informal settlements where people are really one on top of the other. Right, yeah. And, and with people who are most at risk, which is older people and people with pre-existing conditions, those people have a responsibility to look after their own health, let alone have the yeah. government enforce the rest of us looking after yes. their health. But many of yes. us yes. are prepared to risk a little bit of health for a little bit of, of, of money, right? And probably mm. more people than would admit it. And some yes. are willing to, to risk zero health. And those people can clearly stay indoors and have food delivered and, you know, make sure that they don't touch anything and take extra precautions. But the whole of the country sure. has been forced to shut down. And many businesses yeah. are going to go out of business because of this. And it's, it's completely government's fault because they made the rule. It, it is it is entirely their fault. And, you know, those people that I mentioned that are enjoying the luxury of lockdown and the, the leisure of lockdown and be able to get up at 11 in the morning and stagger around in their underwear all day long, mm -hmm. those people think that, oh, it's cool, you know, because then after a couple of months they'll reopen the economy. They don't realize even – look, okay, let's say that you have a successful furniture business and you can afford – you know, you can afford your business to be shut down for two months – You'll just chill, take yourself a bit of an, uh, a holiday, and then you know restart again afterwards. And and you know they think it's cool, but it will it it will affect them as well as the guys in the townships, or or, or the informal settlements, because this economy was already teetering on the brink of disaster, right? right. And when an economy is crumbling, do you really think that people are going to have spare money now to buy your lovely couches? No, you know, um, it's very short-sighted, right? Yeah, exactly. It's completely short-sighted. It's going to affect everyone, and you know, I think that this 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 lockdown 
this one size fits all thing is ludicrous. And I've had fights with friends about it. And I've had friends say to me, you know, well, uh, essentially what you're saying is you want my children to die. Don't you love these conflations, mm, right? Yeah, right? You know, I don't agree with the lockdown, but I want your kids to die. Yes, yeah. I do. I hate your kids so much, your innocent three-year-old and four-year-old kids so much, that I want them to die. It's, it's just such <laughs> it's, uh, alarmism. It's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, hysterical, alarmist, and, and completely emotional and devoid of rational thought, okay? So, so the argument I'm getting from these guys is that, you know, you want my children to die because you're not in favor of the lockdown. And I say to him, okay, well, then conversely, you want millions of South Africans to die. Mm-hmm. And for all you know, me as well. I mean, you don't know what my fan, what my financial situation is like. Sure. But you want millions of South Africans to die, middle class, working class, whatever, because you want the economy to shut down. Now, the, the problem is the world also tends to think in binaries. Mm. You know, it's like it's either lockdown or it ain't lockdown, you know. Yeah. And if you're not in favor of, of the lockdown, of locking everybody down, then you actually – hate humanity and you want everyone to die, okay? How about, as you say, some kind of in-between position that says, right, you know, if if you are more vulnerable, then, you know, you need to be aware of it as an adult or if your kids are more vulnerable, you as the parent or caretaker will, will obviously have to take care of them. As you say, why don't, we, why don't we graduate this thing? And what I find very amusing about this as well, very darkly amusing, is that um, – uh, Trump's detractors in the United States said to him that, you know, you want to just open the economy. Uh, you you hate human beings. You love the economy. What people don't realize is that the economy, it's not the economy on one side and humanity and human life on the other. Yeah. The economy is inextricably tied up with human life, right? The economy is what makes you afford a roof over your head that makes you be able to afford to buy food for yourself and your family, uh, clothing, education for your kids. So it's not an either-or position, right? Right. The economy is human life. So they criticize Trump and they say, uh, and they said a couple of weeks ago, they were saying he's being too autocratic because he's going to tell governors whether they should open or close their states. So he recently put out a, 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 a sort of a, I suppose you'd call it a a position where he said, you know what, we're going to have a three-phase return to the economy Mm -hmm. and each governor will make that judgment for themselves, right? So I'll leave it up to each governor to see, you know, what's happening in in, in their state. You know, and the governors can decide, you know, how how their state is doing and then they can can slowly implement these three stages, okay? The three stages – were all carefully laid out. They said, you know, if you're in the entertainment business, okay, uh, stage one means that you can allow up to 20 people into your movie theater or your restaurant, whatever, right? At stage mm. two, you can allow 50 people in. Stage three, you can allow everybody in or whatever, right? right. And then if you're in the, uh, the, uh, the building industry, then these are the things, and then they break that down to stages. Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> of course, the Democrats have attacked him again, because when he said that he was going to tell the governors what to do, then he was an autocrat and a Hitler. Mm-hmm. Now that he is leaving it up to the governors, governors to decide, then it's then it's kind of too loose. Then then he's not being a proper leader. And then they're also Nancy Pelosi is saying to him that it's kind of too amorphous and not detailed enough. They are mentioning numbers for crying in a bucket, 
Stage one says 20 people. Stage two says 50 people. How much more detail do you want it to be? Like 20 people, but they have to be wearing pink sneakers. Do you, you think know? Do you think Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing? It is. It is indeed. Um, it's, because it's, otherwise it's a very, quite, very... quite sensible people um, wow. who, who would take wow. – if you or I or Cyril Ramaphosa or – uh, Boris Johnson, to a limited degree, obviously Boris Johnson, because he's hated for the same reasons that Trump is in, in the same circles. Sure. But when Trump says sure. it suddenly, it cannot possibly be the right thing. And everything he says is inherently evil and maniac yeah. and, and, and dangerous. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that, that some people must now be ignored in the discourse because they are reacting. They are triggered, a word that the left love. They're so triggered by Trump that they can no longer apply reason to anything he does or says. And and, and I've frequently said that to, to people I know who despise Trump. I've said to them, look, you know, if you want to, you cannot like him because he has this brusque personality, which I actually find quite charming and quite, and quite refreshing. OK, okay. Um, so, you know, if you don't like that, then cool, you know, don't like it. But does it mean that every every policy he's had, every position he's had is reprehensible? You know, can you not be a bit more rational about it? You know that um, Obama was taught was talking, as other presidents have talked, about prison reform, which uh, which would mainly favorably affect African Americans, mm-hmm. because when Clinton was was in the White House, he introduced these radical anti-drug laws mm-hmm. and uh, the, and the, they, those laws saw to the unreasonable imprisonment of thousands of black Americans or African Americans mm-hmm. if you want to use the PC term um, non-violent offenders who let's say happen to be selling weed on a street corner, bam yeah. Yeah. 20 years, jail. 15 yeah. years you know, outrageous sentences and, and they've still been sitting in prison since the Clinton days and other presidents have spoken about prison reform. They, di- they didn't do a damn thing. But Trump did it, amongst many other things that he's done, you know. But does he get any credit for it? And I'm saying, you know what, you might not like Trump, right? But can you not rationally just give him credit for certain things that he's done that even the left, the left has spoken about doing but hasn't done? You know, the, the Trump derangement syndrome is a is, – it's – it's unfathomable. You know what it is? It's it's hypnosis. It's yeah. zombies, and it's the same hypnosis that we're seeing now in the in the in amongst the middle classes in the comfortable suburbs. So it's like they've suddenly lost any anchor on rationality, and they have this glazed look in their eyes, and they go, "Good old Cyril, you know, yeah, he's done well, a great thing." I mean, you also see these people in the shops. I don't know if you've been to the shops in the last few days, but there there are these. People, men and women, who are probably quite normal, <laughs> sensible people the rest of their time. Uh, they're in the yes. shops. They've got this terrified look in their eyes. It's almost like, you know, this is the survival look. This is how they would look in, in the end times if the zombies were coming. <laughs> and, and they're quite frightening. I mean, like women in the, in the shops will push past you, and they've got this fearful, suspicious look on them. as if. And before, you know, you would have bumped into them and said, hi, sorry, and they would have smiled and carried on. Yeah. It's weird. It's like it's, it's, deep fear. 
it it is really scary. I'm not sure whether I should laugh or weep when I see them. Um, and I've seen these people in the supermarkets now, not only with these gas masks on, right. but with but with but they're wearing latex gloves. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Alrighty. So now you're wearing latex gloves. That's cool. So now you're handling uh, fruit which you want to buy, and you're prodding them and do whatever we do with fruit. All right. Yeah. Um, and if it's true, if it's true that this virus transmits by touch and it can sit on an apple for a few days, whatever it is, then they're doing exactly what I've done with my bare hands, right? right. They've handled this apple with their gloves, okay? Yeah. And those gloves are going on and touching other things and they're taking the gloves home with them and whatever. So so what is the difference? They've just put another <laughs> another layer of skin on their hands, okay? But it's no difference to what I'm doing. They're handling the same bloody stuff, the same – Trolleys, the same baskets, the same yeah. fruit, the same packets of rusks. Did, did, you know, you notice, did you notice that uh, a lot of people are starting to ease off on the fear and the regulation? I mean, I, I was on the roads this morning. I went and checked on the office. And there are a lot of people who've just taken to the roads. They're starting to go back to normal. Lockdown isn't actually over yet, but I can see already there's a loosening of, of the regulation. Well, not of the regulation, but of people's reaction to it. Yeah. Well, well, what I am noticing on on social media is that a lot more people are starting to be suspicious of what they're being told. Aha. Uh-huh. Which which I think is very healthy. Now, I don't know if you've heard of the the Twitter hashtag Fill My Hospital. Hmm. Alrighty. So for those who haven't, um. There, there would be these news reports going out in the states that this, uh, let's say, the Elmhurst Hospital, right, is is just overburdened, and I mean, the, the nurses are bleeding from their fingertips because there's just thousands of people cramming to get into the hospital, and they can't deal with them. So these citizen journalists would take their cell phones with them and go and visit that same hospital the next morning, empty, tumbleweeds, wow, crickets. Nothing. We're talking about they go into the waiting rooms, no one. They go into those tents that have been set up in the parking lots, no one, not even a nurse, let alone a patient. Empty. And we're not talking about just the Elmhurst Hospital. We're talking about hospitals throughout throughout the United States where the local TV stations have been reporting that they're overwhelmed, that they cannot cope. And Tech, well, even as far why as in, would as why would Europe? the mainstream yeah. media be spreading hysteria and bad news and telling us that flattening the curve is the most important yeah. thing and that there are not enough ventilators and millions of people are going to die? What is in it for them? Ratings, Gareth. That is what frightens me because I can't, you know, I I don't know what the what what the end game is and what as you say what's in it for them, could it be just ratings? I hope not, because that would be a very shallow thing to be whipping. <laughs> that would people. be a very and, and, cynical and there should yeah, be serious, evil there should be serious repercussions for any news agencies yeah. that are found to be deliberately misleading people. You know, this is where Donald Trump's fake news starts to ring a lot more true. But something else I want to ask you about China. Yeah, let's talk about China mm-hmm. for a minute. In all of this, yeah, um, I see that in South Africa, the the hashtag. China must fall is starting to gain some momentum. Now, right or wrong, um, it is clear and it's emerging more and more day by day that the Chinese Communist Party have done their damnedest to not only keep the truth from us, 
but that they were in the beginning stages of this virus doing everything they could to to spread disinformation, to silence yes. uh, people who were who were giving. Uh, their side of the story, in fact, medical doctors who've since gone missing, they were welding people into their apartments. By yeah. and large, they have not covered themselves in glory. And now yeah. the world is starting to say, well, if anyone has to pay for this, it's got to be China. Well, I think it should be China and their PR company, which, as you know, is the WHO. Right. right? Okay. The, Tell me what you Headed up by... Headed up by a guy called Tedros from Ethiopia, who knowingly covered up three cholera epidemics in his own country, mm -hmm. and the the regime for which he worked—he was the health minister, whatever they call them in, in, in that part of the world. Um, he, the regime there was like most other regimes on this continent of Africa, right? Mm -hmm. Corrupt. Uh, uh, despotic, dictatorial, okay? China noticed him and thought, hmm, here's a guy who's going to be easy, easily bought. He is corrupt, okay? Mm -hmm. And China actively lobbied for him to be the head of the WHO. And it was through China's lobbying that he actually became the head of the WHO. He is, he is in the service of China, and when the and people talk about oh, the WHO and they you know and they genuflect and you know fall to their knees when people talk about the WHO, the WHO knew in mid January when they released a statement saying that it wasn't communicable between human beings, they goddamn well knew that it was. So we should be going after China and we should be doing what Trump is doing now, going after the WHO. Do you, no, think, they, they, do you think they've got to be held the, responsible? There is a place in the world for the WHO. I mean, we've seen that they've now been largely discredited. And again, this is something only Trump could do because he's the kind of guy who doesn't care about being unpopular and standing against, you know, world opinion and 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 globalist opinion. So, or certainly the world world media opinion. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Now, what do you think yeah. this does to the UN? Because they're going to surely come into focus too, as an organisation that has lived past their sell-by date and can no longer really uh, achieve the the goals that they were set up for. You know, the the UN and the WHO are both organisations which have been monopolised and and hijacked by the third world. And I don't mean to be anti-poor when I say that, but I'm talking about corrupt, nasty, dictatorial regimes from the third world and the Middle East. And they have, they have taken over the UN. They are now declaring what is right and what is wrong, what's moral, what's immoral. I mean, for goodness sakes, communist China has a seat at the UN in their human rights goddamn committee. I mean, are you being serious with me now? Human Rights Committee and China has a seat there. How can you take the United Nations seriously? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a country where people just disappear. You know, where people are traced. I mean, you know, you must have seen that CCTV footage in China where you see this busy street with people walking around and every person's got a little number label attached to their heads. Have you seen those videos? Yeah, they, they've got a social credit system where you yes. actually, I mean, like we talked about those neighbors who report each other yes. at the start of this conversation, but in China, the, 
you actually yes. get reported to the government and and they can then restrict your liberties based on how well you behave mm. yourself it's true yeah. 1984 right george orwell yeah absolutely so i see gareth putting stuff on his on his facebook wall and it says uh you know negative things about the about the chinese communist regime so i report gareth and that'll give me extra points so now i can get one more loaf of bread or whatever it is when i go to the shop and gareth gets one less lo- loaf of bread you get punished and I get rewarded. And and that is the, that's the crap that the middle classes or many of them in in the comfortable suburbs are now buying into. Yeah. Yeah. I saw there was a DA there was a DA councillor who reported uh Furnos Bakery Ugh. in in Parkhurst, Parktown, one of those parks, and he said, you know, they're selling coffee, takeaway coffee. Without permission, you know, they're allowed to sell you a loaf of rye bread or something, but they're not allowed to sell you coffee. Because as we know, my going to Furnos, traveling there and buying a loaf of bread and coming back is completely safe. But the moment I buy coffee from them, oh, my God, (laughs) then I've stepped over that safety line. Then I want people to die. (laughs) Do you have faith in the police and the army? Because they're being used to terrorize people in the townships as well. No. When when I heard, before the lockdown even happened, when I heard that they're going to mobilize the army, I said, guys, you have seen how the police have abused their power and authority over these last few years. And that is not even under a state of national emergency. What do you think now when you put soldiers as well on the streets? You're putting ignorant and largely untrained people out in the streets and, you know, you put a uniform on, on someone and they already assume a sense of increased power, okay? Mm. Uh, now, an army uniform is perhaps the most powerful uniform that you can put on a civilian, right? Yeah. And knowing the history that we have of the cops and even the traffic cops in this country, and the fact that they don't really get yes, the odd the odd showcase will be made of of a corrupt cop. But generally speaking, we know that they that they've just gone on and done their thing without anyone really stopping them. Okay, what were you expecting? What were you really expecting? Decent outcomes. I mean, I don't know how many is it. It's got to be more than ten people. I know it's it's at least ten people that have been killed by forces that have been put out on the streets. To protect us from the virus. We are here to protect you from the virus. We will, therefore, we will therefore shoot you dead because we saw you in a shabine. I mean, this one guy was followed home from this illegal shabine. They followed him home and shot him at home. Now, it's, that's just frightening. Frightening. Yeah, and, and, the, and, and why is the great president not speaking out against this? Because he's got very nice speech writers to write these Churchillian speeches about my fellow South Africans, okay? So why isn't he also coming out and saying, we will not tolerate anyone from the police or the army abusing their authority? Do you think they they should have uh, banned cigarettes and booze? Of course not. How how does that change anything? And I'm not a smoker. Okay, I'm not a smoker. I, I enjoy a drink, but uh, I mean, for for years, I didn't even have so much as a beer in my house 
because it just never occurred to me kind of thing. You know, in recent years, I've become, fa- I've, you know, started leaning towards a nice gin and tonic or a beer with my mates or whatever. But I'm certainly not someone who's dependent on alcohol. Yeah. And I'm not a smoker. And I still think that it's ludicrous. And I think that if you, if you are truly a friend of freedom, you have to support everyone's freedoms. So just because I'm not a smoker doesn't mean that I, that I can say, yeah, well, the smoking ban is not so bad, you know, but, uh, but they shouldn't ban liquor because I fancy a bit of a you know, tipple well, every I mean, now and then. You these, know? Are, these are often the same people who say, no, 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 but it's a great idea for people to, to get off the booze or get off the liquor. But that's their decision, yeah. not yours. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just so horribly statist. And the thing is that the, the more we nod to these things, the more the state, any state anywhere in the world, will take advantage of that. Well, let's, you, know, um, you know, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. go on. No, no, I was just saying, well, you know, it's, it's like that. Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, um, an argument that's often used, and it's a very valid one. You know, you know they came for the gay people, and I kept quiet because I'm not gay. They came for the black people, and I kept quiet because I'm not black. They came for the Jews, and I kept quiet because I'm not Jewish, you know. So you – uh, as long as it doesn't touch on you, you just I'm all right, Jack. You know, yeah. until it does touch on you, and that's why I think that even if you've never touched a cigarette or a beer in your life, you have to defend the rights of cigarettes and alcohol drinkers to go and buy their cigarettes or their or their booze. I mean, how how is this making a difference? And when people say, how, or when people say, but, but, it, but it's the law, you know, it's been, it's been made a law, so we've got to just follow the law. Yeah. I mean, the, you well, know, some, okay. some laws well, are immoral. Well, exactly. The problem, the, the, the problem with a lot of people's logic is that they think that morality follows the law, whereas it should be the other way around. Law should be following morality. And to these people, because I had a bit of a Twitter fight with someone earlier on today, and someone was saying, yeah, but it's a law. And I said to him, oh, cool, okay. So you're saying back in the apartheid days, if you knew that your white neighbor was having an affair or, or was involved with an Indian or a black person, right, yeah. or someone of the same gender, would you have reported them because it was the law? Yeah. Or would you have said, it's none of my beeswax and, you know, you're not, they're not hurting anyone in their own love and love never hurt the world. So I'm going to keep the hell up, shut the hell up. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there is absolutely no difference between those analogies. You know, you, you've, you've got to, you have to question the law. Just saying that something is the law is just not good enough. Well, it seems to me that there are a lot of people in South Africa who are very content to just go whichever way the wind blows. And if the law is that we must do this, then not only do we follow it, but we make sure that we regiment everyone around us to follow as well. Yeah. So, Ted, well, uh, I mean, well, you, there you will hope- come a day w- mm-hmm. when they, yeah. No, no, I was no. just going to say quickly that there will come a day when they are being watched by someone else, and then they'll be sorry that they actually gave birth to that mindset. I'm sorry, back to you. Are you, are you hopeful <laughs> about how this whole thing will be resolved? Are there any silver linings for you? The, 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 the failure of SAA under this uh, administration has, has come to a close under COVID-19, and maybe it's provided some cover. Unions are going to matter less than ever before after this because of the mass retrenchments we're going to see. Uh, there may be a couple of things that make it worthwhile. 
Well, do, 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 you, do you have information that SAA is actually going to close now? Well, that's certainly what they're saying. They're saying they're going to liquidation. Well, ain't that about bloody time? <laughs> I mean, shouldn't that, shouldn't that have happened months before this virus boogeyman even arrived? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. It should have been and, – and you know what? The sad thing is that if they had done this years ago, they could have actually privatized it yeah. because SAA once enjoyed an incredible reputation around the world. It was an award-winning airline and deservedly so. You know, Why did they have to hang on to it what, for national pride? Mm. We've got nothing to be proud of, guys. Our economy is falling apart. We have a despotic government, a despotic, racist, and very corrupt government. What are you talking about national pride about? Come on, <laughs> let's get real. All right. Well, listen, I hope you make it safely through the coronavirus. Are you Are you looking to get back out and doing normal things as soon as this lockdown's over? Dude, dude, if if I was able to, if someone phoned me tomorrow and said, Come out for a meeting. We've got this uh, proposal going through, whatever. I'd be there in a shot. And you know what I'd do? If if he wasn't shit scared of it, I'd shake his hand. I'd say, how's it, but let's talk. <laughs> I, I, I'm i not afraid of this boogeyman. I really am not. I do take certain kinds of precautions, but I would rather work. Yes, I'm enjoying staggering around here in my knickers to some degree, but that's kind of fun for a long weekend, you know. After a few weeks, it, it does become a bit tedious. And and like you, I'm the kind of person who And when I'm not doing stuff after a while, I start to feel guilty. Yeah. So yeah. so I, I would love to get back to work. I, I don't know what kind of an economy we're, we're going to be facing when we get back. Um, I, I must tell you, I'm not – I'm not very positive about what's going to hit us when we get back, uh, when, when we turn on this economy finally. Who knows whether they, whether they even extend it after the end of April. Um, hmm. I don't think they can really afford to with all the, all the anger that's coming out of the townships and the, and the informal settlements. Um, it's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm not positive. And when people say, ah, oh, but you're so negative, you're so pessimistic, you know, sometimes there's a thing known as as being realistic, which happens to coincide with what the pessimists are saying. I'm a realist, and mm. and with everything that's happened with this regime thus far, the worst case scenario has always been the one that's presented itself. And hey, you know what? <laughs> if if things do pick up, then I'll say, hey, cool, that's lacquer. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like when I go to a mall here. I always expect my car to get stolen. So when I come out and my car hasn't been stolen, it's a bonus. It's like, cool, my car's still there, you know? <laughs> well, Tad, thanks for talking to us. It's always fun, Gareth. Take it easy, eh? All right. That was fantastic. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com.